Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you, Pat Manley. Where's Pat at? Patrick Manley. My all-time favorite bear would have to be Patrick Manley. The longest tenured player in Chicago Bears history. Pat Manley, the long snapper. Maynard put it in position, and Robbie Gold... Sends the Bears to the NFC Championship game. Craft Beer Mogul. Long snapper IPA. The can of me long snapping a ball on top of an El Camino. Patrick Manley. Pat Manley. Long snapping is a real position. Snapping to Matt Spiegel. All right. I'm not getting all the way down, but I'm going to catch. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. He blew it. With Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. That's awesome. I didn't know that existed, to be honest with you. Now, did you give him the full gusto? So you snapped it to Speegs? That's it what we just a, heard there? Yes, it was a uh, basically a PAT. Okay. And we did the uh, like a little halftime show during a Bears game oh, here in the studio right. yeah. on uh, the, the Instagram page or whatever, and we had a cold beer in the fridge back there in Shane's, <laughs> Shane's office, and we snapped one, and he dropped it. <sighs> and it was a good snap. Uh, well, of let's hope so. I mean, you know, a guy who should at, at some point, if we get to specialists, should be in the Hall of Fame. One bad snap in his legendary career. One. Mm-hmm. Is that Nobody's accurate? perfect. Nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there were some doozies the other day, man, with those wind conditions yeah, no out, out there no at Soldier Field. Well, let's get to that. And by the way, hello, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Parkinson Spiegel Show on The Score. We're broadcasting live from The Score's Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers, Zach Zaidman, Anthony Heron, in for Parkinson Spiegel. And it's it's a football Friday, so of course Patrick Manley is here. No one has played more games in a Bears uniform than that man right there. All right. How much did you miss not being out there in the conditions that were at Zero. Field on yeah. <laughs> Zero. I sent Pat Scales a text right after the game. I said, great game, man. Awesome job. And he's like, I really appreciate that. I go, that, that, those conditions are horrible. Zach, you've been on the sideline many mm-hmm. times. You've played in those games. It's not fun. It's not really the cold. It's the wind that affects the specialists. You saw Tyler Bass missed a PAT in a, in what, a 33-yard, in a 38-yard field goal or something. Missed it bad. But, yeah, I don't miss those at all because each time you went out there – you're just holding on. You're like, just be successful. Make sure they catch it. Let's make sure we get this punt or kickoff. And then once you did, you're like, all right, let's just limit those numbers. Hopefully we're not going out there a lot. But when you do, you hopefully do the job. And, you know, kudos to those guys and what they did. And also Cairo Santos stepping back up. Yes. And yes. fixing what we thought was an issue and going out in those conditions and converting all those kicks. That was pretty strong. Now, the the discussion with Santos had, had started to pick up a little bit of steam where it felt to me like folks were forgetting really quickly how deadly accurate he'd mm-hmm. been for a couple of seasons now. He misses a few, you know, PATs, and it's like, man, all right, do, do we need a new kicker? What are they going to do in the offseason? Should they cut him right now, bring in competition? And like, I don't know. I mean, not only are there just bigger problems on the team beyond place kicker, but 
Dude's been like money yes. for a couple of years now, yep. a position that you really can't count on money nowadays like you could back in the day because of them lengthening PATs. Was there anything in particular you feel like got corrected or was it just about him kind of getting back into rhythm? You know, I, I think it's maybe getting back into rhythm and just having a good day in those conditions. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what he was like at Hallis Hall indoors and working on that stuff because I always rate kickers. If you watch a kicker, and I talked to Lawrence Holmes about this, you know, the uprights, middle third. If they're miss, making it in the middle third, that means they're on. He was doing that consistently. And yeah, then he started making it. Making easy. It. He was making it, but he was missing a little bit. Mm. Then what scared me is when he went from the right hash on PATs to the middle, something mental's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's something – He's just like, oh, I got to figure this thing out. Something physically, mentally is going on. But he corrected it. I'm looking forward to seeing him kicking a dome, and I'll regrade him and just, you know, listeners, grade him how, how accurately he's hitting it down the middle of the uprights. If he's back in the middle thirds, then he's back in, back in the groove. But uh, I was scared a little bit. Missing five PATs, I know going back to 33 yards is different, but you get a little nervous. You just don't know what's going to happen. Hey, let's be honest, though. If the Bears were competing for something yes. during that stretch, he would not still be a member of the team because, you know what, if you're a coach and you need to have trust but who in that kicker. But who do you get, though? Like, you I, can't just no, go like to rent Badgley, a kicker. Michael Badgley. <laughs> That's what they brought in, right? And he did made four for four. But hold on, guys. Remember last time they played the Lions, he missed the PAT. They lost 31-30. to 31-30. Yep. So, yep. I mean, that's another one, you know, missing that many PATs. You say it's just one point. That's a crucial point in that game. It's a very big deal. While at the same time, you know, all right, if if so and so catches the pass or so and so right, missed right, the right. block, like you know, I, I, I do think, you know, obviously speaking it to you, the but expert this, on it, but, but a specialist, your job is to do your job. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. just the way I feel about it. What I love can't is miss those. the the special teams coaches. They can't help you. No. As a kicker, because they do not have an understanding, 100%. right? They don't know what they're talking so about. So who helps the kicker when the kickers... Themselves, other <laughs> kickers. Um, mentally, too, it's like, you know, we had Robbie and, and Brad Maynard. Robbie would go to Brad Maynard. He'd be his mental coach. He'd talk him through stuff, and, you know, Brad being a holder as long as he was and as good as he was, saw a lot of kickers in New York and, and Chicago would help him as well, like plant foot or little things he would see. So I think if you have a guy like a Maynard that's been around for a while, that's, you know, he becomes a kicking expert because he's been around it, you can lean on them. What's the worst advice you've ever given a kicker? <laughs> given a kicker? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't I know. Drilled I drilled this one, buddy. <laughs> Put your back into it. Yeah, I, I don't give them advice. My job is to make them look good. As long as they're doing, they're doing well, that means I'm doing okay. I never really talked to Robbie about that. I would rib him about stuff, but not that. I would never, never, never give him advice. I mean, the guy's still kicking in 18 years. It's now. unbelievable, isn't it? 18 years, yeah. And still kicking great. For and a, he's stronger now. Like, he's kicking it farther. Really? For a oh, team that uh, could end up in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Again. He, he's unbelievable. Thank God they cut him, though. <laughs> I tell him that all the time. Because if, if he's still here, he breaks all my records. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right? That's funny. He's like, well, that's not. I'm like, hey, man, you would have broken all my records. He's like, yeah, that's right. I would have. Now, the, the wind conditions that we kind of glossed over there mm-hmm. from, from last week's game. on a There's one thing on a punt snap. Yes. But but on a short snap, like a field goal, we saw it actually affecting place-kicking snaps. How yes. rare is that? It's it's as rare as that weather is. Mm. So it's that's what it is. I think if you saw Pat Skill, I know a lot of people don't watch the PAT snap or the field goal snap. Right. It literally, it ain't eight yards. Go get eight. IPA. So yeah. I, I looked at it real close, obviously, being a long snapper <laughs> and looking at the all 22. If you don't throw a perfect spiral, the wind, when it's gusting like that, will make the ball mm. wobble a little bit. So mm. the, the one bad snap I had was that San Francisco 49ers game. I threw a little bit of a wobbler. The wind gust caught it, and it took off two yards to the left. Maynard couldn't catch it. Within two yards of uh, Trenton Gill, that ball moved a yard. He right. was obviously a good holder and got it down. But, yeah, it, it can affect it, but uh, normally it doesn't, but you don't see many games like that. 
Yeah, Robbie hit one to Naperville that day. Oh, it wasn't the plan. And, <laughs> but you, you have the, the tricks of the trade. I don't know if you want to give them all away, but one of the big keys— They're free now. Is, right. <laughs> <laughs> when I was playing, no way. That was my job. <laughs> That's Patrick Vanley. Anthony Heron is here. I'm Zach Zaidman. We're in for Parkinson Spiegel talking football this hour on the score. 312-644-6767. All right, so when you have to gauge the wind as in real time. Mm-hmm. So there are times where— you may want to snap it. You'll pause for right? Yes. Yes. I think we've talked about yeah. this. So in games like this, Anthony, that you will go in knowing it's going to be a potential weather game. You will talk to the punt team. You will talk to the, the field goal team during the week saying, okay, we're, the cadence is going to be a little different. We're going to wait for the gust to stop. So say our, our cadence on field goals, hot right, hot right, set. Brad Maynard start, might say hot right, and normally it rolls out, you know, hot right, hot right, set. He might say, how, then the gust happens, and you have to hold your stance. And you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Once the wind dies down, then you want to snap it as fast as you can to help the kicker make their kick. And same thing with punt. A lot of teams don't do that, but that's something we just kind of figured out over time, playing in that weather as much as we did to try to help each other out. That You just got to hold your water and just wait till the ball snap. We're not going to go on a normal cadence. And that, that trust, kind of a comfort that you have to be able to develop, it, it feels like something where when, when your whole battery is together, you know, snapper, mm-hmm. holder, kicker, when you're together for several seasons, that trust can be built over that time. Where, you know, Cairo, different different holder sure. this season, you know, rookie, punter, who seemingly has done an effective he's job. He's done a great job. Yeah, he's, really he's a very good holder. I've been impressed. You know, Pat O'Donnell, when he came in, he grew into being a good holder. When he first got here, he was not. Hmm. Um, and he's, he's grown to be a good holder. Where Gil right now is is – as good as anybody in the league, which is impressive. And I think that's just kind of all these specialists. Now we, we start at like age eight, you know, doing what we do. So it's not like this is a second position of, you know, like back when I came in, I was O-line and learned how to long snap as well. But these guys have been doing this since they've been seven, eight years old. I don't know if you saw that uh Hightower had some comments during the week. It might've been yesterday, I guess, when the coordinators spoke where he, he mentioned that, that Eberflus actually addressed going into the Buffalo game, like right off the bat early in the week, addressed special teams with the entire team and kind of made it a focal point mm-hmm. during the week, knowing that they, you know, they'd had some shaky performances over the past month before that. And the special teams far outperformed both place kicking, yes. punning, you know, game, pinning them deep, yes. return game, everything the Bears outperformed Buffalo in that phase. Does that is that worthy of being something that stands out that the head coach made it a point to say that special teams is something we need that that's critical to winning this week. Yeah, and I think here in Chicago too, Anthony, is that you realize you're going to play in weather like that. Yeah. That's game-changing. One snap of a punt. Like, I got mad at the Buffalo Bills coach for letting the clock run out at halftime. Mm. Make him punt it. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know if the snap's going to blow away or the you know the punter might drop it or whatever. I, I thought that was a dumb coaching move. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's very important, especially in this city with the weather you play here in December. And it's great that he called that out because it is very important. It can change games. All right, let's zoom out now mm-hmm. more than just special teams and, and talk about the Bears. And I mentioned this before you came on that – you've been a part of a number of different rebuilds Mm -hmm. up at Hallis Hall. So let's start with a team in the situation the Bears are in right now. And you heard the talk all week long, why are they playing Justin Fields? He had his foot stepped on. You don't want to just wrap him up, wrap him up, put him (laughs) away, and then uh, revisit uh, next season and then bring him back out and make sure he's healthy. Why are these games valuable? You've played in them when they don't, quote-unquote, mean anything, but they do when you're in uniform. I, I think it's the young core. You know, everybody's talking about learning how to win. I think this young core, they're hungry. I mean, they're going to Hallis Hall and losing, what, seven games in a row, eight games in a row, that's just horrible. Um, but you got to learn how to win, and these do carry over. Lovey used to talk about that when we'd be out of the 
playoff hunt. He's like, all right, we're playing for next year. Let's carry these wins over to next year. And I just think that's a it's a vibe thing. It's a positivity thing that this young crew needs to learn how to win and pull these things out. And um, I, I do think it's important. I think it's very important. There was a response from Valus Jones, not only as a returner, but made a nice grab mm-hmm. on a deep ball. Justin Fields lays it right in his hands there. And you know, we talked earlier in the season about one of the deep ball drops from Valus Jones where he he didn't necessarily trust his hands. He laid out for right. a pass that he didn't need to leave his feet for. And I felt like that was a sign of growth on the deep pad, the over route that Fields threw him, where he, you know, he ends up sliding to make the grab, but he ran under it and then sort of adjusts as the ball continued to tail away from him. Would Valus Jones be an example of a guy beyond the quarterback that he's got two games left to really show yeah. something to himself, to his teammates, to the decision makers that drafted him in the third round? Sure. And then we talked earlier in the pregame show about Kyler Gordon was kind of struggling a little bit, right? The last right. two weeks he's got two yep. picks. So players like that, they've got a lot to grow with. I mean, that's that's important. And Valus Jones hopefully is a big part of that offense. You know, you draft him in the third round to be a you know dynamic returner, but you also want him to be a big part in that receiving core. So that was good to see that. It's unfortunate kind of the ups and downs he's had. It'll be interesting to see if they allow him to return a punt this week too indoors <laughs> if Dante Pettis is out. So mm. it's, it's big big time for those young players to get these reps. And then you think about all the young DBs. They're earning jobs. They're earning snaps. They're earning roster spots maybe next year or somewhere on the depth chart to be able to get more reps during training camp. I, I want to ask you guys both this because it seems as though the last couple of games the Bears, I think they're doing this on purpose. They're not allowing Fields to run as much as he normally would. And maybe it's because of some of the shots that he's taken to get to this point. But then you look at Detroit. If you're trying to win the game, if your goal is to beat Detroit, the Lions are not good at stopping the run. They had a a whale of a time trying to do it last week (laughs) in Carolina and ended up losing the game. Do you allow Fields to roam freely, or do you want him to continue to make those developments as a passer and prevent him from doing what you know is the weakness of the team yeah. on the other side. Yeah, that's a tough one. I'd love to hear your answer too, Anthony, is that I want him to develop more as a passer. Last week, what I thought was interesting, it was a fourth and three, third and two, third and two. They took his legs away. They made him throw the ball. And I thought that was great. You know, they, they said, all right, you got to figure this out. You got to find out the open, uh, find the open man, read the defense. I like that for his development, but are you getting to a point this year that a win is so important to these guys like we were just talking about that maybe you give them a chance to run the ball a little bit more against this Detroit defense? As as much as you know, Justin Fields has talked about, like some of the rushing yards and the milestones, getting over 1,000 yards, Luke Getze was even kind of talking and joking a couple of weeks ago with the media about some of the milestones that Fields has an opportunity to to hit. So they've been willing to kind of publicly address it. Yes, his his rushing numbers are fun, but Fields has also said he's not going to be a 1,000-yard rusher every year. So he he knows his development and, and what's going to be critical in that. But I do think it's a balance. Like I don't necessarily think the Bears have have necessarily told Fields not to run as much. I think the game plan is maybe you know called a couple less QB runs, but also just a, a lot of those those magnificent plays as a runner were scrambles. And I, I do believe that he himself, whether, I don't necessarily think he's worried about the shot. I just think he's getting more – more comfortable and confident with what he's seeing from within yep. the pocket, and it's leading to less volume of scrambles. When you say that, what are you seeing? So when we're watching the game, what are you seeing that makes you say that? I'm seeing a guy getting the ball out of his hands. You know, he even talked about it in the one game that he didn't play this season where he's watching Trevor Simeon play. Just the being able to to progress through his reads quickly enough 
to say that, you know what, the, the, the coverage dictates that what I'm hoping for isn't open. Let me get to the check down more quickly and set up, you know, Darrington Evans or David Montgomery, whomever, out in space, or Cole Komet. Like, even that, that first down pass he threw that Cole Komet drops that, that would have ended up leading to a first down there, and then Cole Komet botches the, the block, and then you ended up in third and 14 when you should have had a first down on first down, all those types of things. But but for him, he's he's cycling through his progressions in a more rapid manner. He Justin Fields, in, in, from my evaluation, hasn't been a guy who's been getting confused very much, especially as the season's gone on, but he has been methodical in yeah. the, the progression yeah. reads. And he can discuss it. He's always been able to discuss it after the game, what he sees, but now we're actually seeing it in practice, in the pocket, looking, diagnosing. Sometimes that diagnosis ends up leading to a run, but more frequently now it's leading to feeding the ball to a playmaker. And that that there was a control Patrick that he played with last week that really impressed me because it was a game where he could have he could have tried to force the issue mm-hmm. as a runner when they were kind of you know controlling his ability to take off and run and he's had all these highlights lately he could have tried to force it down the field like he had that nice completion to Valus Jones but it was obvious Buffalo Josh Allen of all people we were talking about it I mean we none of none, neither of us and neither did David Hall think that that Josh Allen was going to struggle throwing the ball in those conditions he did it, the game just didn't dictate aggression and Fields just played within himself. He just seems to me like week by week just a guy who who has more of a command of everything around him while not forcing the issue. I just I just no, I'm really wild I, by the balance that he's pro- I am too and that's kind of why I want to see him throw the ball more because it's more reps you get. You talked about the mm-hmm. more reps you get the better you're going to get at it. Then what also he's showing too is that he can put teams in conflict when he's out on the move. Yeah. Was it the Pringle touchdown 2 weeks ago <laughs> that you know the defender comes up, he just drops it right over him because he right. thinks he's going to run. Right. But that's that to me is is what's going to make him – can eventually make him elite. If he can mm-hmm. become a, a very good uh, passer, then you add that to the game, then he's, he's next level. Yeah, that's that's the missing piece is, mm-hmm. is the ability to – now you know every team's worried about your legs. Use that to your advantage, yeah. but you have to quickly be able – it's it's not that he isn't processing. It, it's that it needs to be processed faster. faster. Is that yes. the, the right yes. way to, to phrase yeah. it? And, and it's happening. It's happening and, and, right before our eyes. Right. And I think he's the not more, Patrick Mahomes yet, no, but no, we're, right. seeing, we're seeing the development. It's taking place. And then I've talked about it too is that the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be pre snap. Pre snap, the great quarterbacks, the pre snap quarterbacks, like Breeze, Brady, Manning, those guys, they knew what was going to happen before it happened. Right. Or what right. this can happen or that can happen depending on coverages. The more reps he gets, Man- the more Manning he sees was it. even beyond yeah, Brady was, in that regard. 100%. Like Manning was like a Martian, yeah. just a space yeah. alien. It was like he could see into the future, and there was very little that you could do about it. Now, obviously, the you know, like I was mentioning Justin yeah. Herbert earlier, like you, in comparing to the best ever, like Peyton Manning with Tom Brady, where Tom Brady always seemed in command of the moment, whereas Peyton Manning, especially early in his career, more than later, you could see moments where it seemed like maybe Manning tightened up a little bit in critical moments yeah. in postseason games. And that was maybe the rap on him even a little bit in college. And by Justin Fields, by comparison, he has always seemed to perform at a high level in in big games and mm-hmm. big moments, even up to this point. You know, I, I understand. I think it's a valid conversation of wanting to see Justin Fields eventually lead the Bears on a game-winning drive in the fourth quarter, while at the same time, I was talking to Zach earlier about Strictly just evaluating the mechanics and decision-making of the quarterback, there's been so many late-game moments where he has executed his task adequately, accurately, even at a high level, and and been let down by teammates. And so those things factor into the evaluation even of that. And that's where for Justin Herbert, I do, even though, I mean, he's, he's beyond Justin Fields just as a sheer physical marvel as a quarterback, but... 
that intangible, that that's where Fields to me is beyond a Justin Herbert. And so I, I wonder how, what is going to be the balance, the scale of that, where he's not, he's not this natural just point guard who's looking into the future, Peyton Manning style or Patrick Mahomes style, but that, that intangible grit, the determination, the, the mentality that you want a great quarterback sure. to have, I think by comparison to some of the other young cats, he's beyond them in that regard. Yeah, and I just think this, over year, oh, this whole year of Justin Fields, I've seen the growth I've wanted to see. I've been very happy with it. I think we all here in Chicago are. I, I brought it up because I, I was saying that if the Bears do indeed end up hiring Kevin Warren as the new team president, Ryan Poles, we don't know what Ryan Poles thinks of Justin Fields. We know he didn't draft him. We know that when he took over as the GM, he clearly didn't think that the guy would be the player that we've seen this year because then you wouldn't have stripped the whole thing down, right? Right, right I, yeah. So, but now he's seen a little bit of it, but the Bears are also in a position where they're going to be right there for one of these quarterbacks this year. And what happens if Poles isn't all in on, say, yeah, there's there's some stuff I like about Fields. Then he gets fired. I'm glad you said it because you can't. I think he's shown enough. Like I said, he's shown enough to, to, to for Ryan Poles to be like, all right, this guy can build a team around. I, I mean, I and because is. I even for me, like I, you know, I'm, I would be a quote unquote Justin Fields guy. Mm-hmm. I think there is growth that still needs to come. Yes, I just I think there is. Well, that's realistic. Uh, with it, with right, it, yeah. right. I, just, I I don't know how how anyone you know with. I'd be shocked if Ryan Poles were looking at both publicly and privately what he sees from Justin Fields, just the day in day out, you know dogmatic like work ethic and and everything he's done in productivity with the little that surrounds him where he would look at this and say, "Eh, I don't know if I want to try to build around that. Yeah, I want this Will Levis guy because he, you know. What if it was a Mitch? You you didn't see the same growth in Mitch you see in Justin Fields right now. We had it right in front of us for years. You're seeing the growth in Justin Fields. You've got to feel really comfortable and confident in Justin Fields because we saw what Mitch did. He just, he never grew. And, and I, I bring this up, though, because you brought up Justin Herbert, right? Mm. Who's had much more talent around him, both sides of the ball, ever since he he joined the NFL. Didn't have time. He had no idea he was going to start, mm-hmm. right? It was just a, a a weird mishap, medical emergency. I think it was a gremlin. Right? Gremlin came and poked <laughs> yeah. Tyrod Taylor in the ribs. Right. Next thing you know, they, he was Justin Herbert. Right, so all of a sudden, Herbert has to go in there, and he hasn't given up the job since. And he's looked like he's belonged ever since. But this is the first year that he's going to the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So... It's not easy to do, and and mm-hmm. and then you look at at what's not around Justin Fields. This is going to take some time. Oh, it's two years away at least. I mean, you could get lucky next year. I go back to like our two thousand one season where we went thirteen and three, which was kind of an anomaly. But I just don't see that happening. But you want sustained success. I think it's two or three years away now. It, and you know this fan base better than anybody, mm-hmm. it, because you, and you hear they call up all the time on the score. You talk mm-hmm. to them via social media. Are they prepared for that? Because it doesn't seem as though the reality of the situation, what you guys have talked about, and, and what everyone out there thinks is on the same To me, this level. is the end of innocence. I, I think expectations are going to be through the roof next year. They, they're going to be unrealistic expectations. Yes. Yeah, but, no, but I and do they believe, should be there. Right. The, the expectations are going to be through the roof. It's going to be, we should be the Philadelphia Eagles in 2023. When the Philadelphia Eagles, what Jalen Hurts stepped into as a starter – was a ready-made offensive line. And then you just needed to acquire one more big-time receiver because you already had a tight end and a significant receiver in the draft. And you had one of the best defenses in football. But I think Bears fans in mass are going to expect the Bears should be the Eagles or the Bears should be the Dolphins or the Bears should be 
the Bengals. You know, I think the Bengals are a good example of a team that didn't have great infrastructure, but Joe Burrow has been able to perform at a level that just like bolsters everything around you them. Can't deny greatness, right? Yeah. If if you're that's very spe- let's take a break here because okay. I, I do want to ask you this, Pat. On the other side, what's the fastest way that you would go about uh, rebuilding? Gotcha. What the Bears are right now? Three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. Patrick Manley is here. So is Anthony Heron. I'm Zach Sadman in for Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. The afternoon show. The police of 670, the score. Afternoons on the score. Are you looking for things to look a little bit sharper since you are playing indoors and all that? Yeah, I'm just, uh, like we said all along, you know, we talked about these last four games. We're looking at, you know, sharp execution. And, you know, we have two left against two divisional opponents. And uh, the Lions are this week. And we're excited about getting, you know, uh, you know, the execution going, you know, especially in the critical moments. You know, you talk about third down, gold zone, red zone, you know, sudden change, two minute, you know, all those situational areas that we do have to do a good job with. But we've been working hard at that. The voice of Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, and that's why playing in these next two games is so vital. There is nowhere as a football player that you can get that kind of experience other than playing in those games. So for all the people that don't want to see Justin Fields out there because he may get hurt, look, no one wants to see Justin Fields get get hurt, right? You don't want to see it. But 
the only way you can get better at football is playing football. No doubt about it. I mean, practice is practice, especially late in the year right now. They're not wearing pads. They're in shells. It's just not the same. He needs as many reps as he can get and as many live snaps as he can get, as I talked about earlier, reading defenses, understanding defenses, understanding coverages. Yes, he has inferior talent around him, but that doesn't mean these reps aren't super valuable. I think um, like the, the Miami example for what Tua has begun showing he can do with the Dolphins this year, Justin Fields has has performed at a higher level this season than, than Tua even did last year with, you know, a little better talent, certainly a better defense in Miami last year. And we've seen the way that Tua Tagovailoa has been able to take off this year and Jalen Hurts has been able to take off this year in Philly. We've talked about that a lot here. So I, I don't think that Justin Fields, the fact that he's not attempting 35 to 40 passes a game, I don't think that necessarily negates his development that much because snap by snap, whether they run some games, they run like 50 plays. Some games when they're at their best, they run 70 plus plays in a game where they're sustaining drives, getting first downs. But, you know, when you just keep having receivers and offensive linemen dropping like flies, obviously <laughs> can be more difficult to sustain drives. But every time he breaks the huddle and approaches the line of scrimmage, that that's a that's a rep. That's a very yes. important rep for all the pre-snap phase, all the machinations of what he has to do as a decision maker, as a field general. The more opportunities he gets to do that, that even just enhances what he does as a passer because your comfort, your your command of what you're seeing enhance your accuracy, your decision making, your decisiveness as a quarterback as you drop back into the pocket. So even all those reps, even if he's still only because I don't What's it, maybe one game this season he's attempted 30 passes or more? Probably not even. I think one game in his career he's had yeah, more than 30 think, yeah, pass attempts. Yeah. yeah, he had attempted 30 passes in a game this season. But we can all agree he is progressing at the position. So I think that, you know, there, there's just – there's a balance to that. If there's a game where he attempts 40 passes, hell, maybe it's Sunday. I think that'll be great and hopefully it goes well for him. But there's a lot of development that, that still is happening even in games where he's attempting, you know, 25 passes. Well, here's another thing. These are two division opponents. He plays them twice a year. A lot of these guys are coming back from those two teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the same players he's going to see for the next five, six years. So same looks you're going to get. That's important now. as well. You know, that co- those coaching staffs aren't going anywhere. So that I think that's important. You know, it's, that's one thing. I th- when you play your division opponent twice, it's, it's always kind of a toss-up if you can win, even if you're inferior. That's why I think they can beat the Lions this week because it is a division game. It's just kind of crazy how it works out that way. You're making but, your pick already? You I'm not yet. I'm not yet. Okay. No, it's waiting until Sunday. Right. I'm just saying I can. I still haven't <laughs> – put that in writing yet but i'm trying to convince myself every week i do that i try to convince right. myself how the bears right. are going to win and yeah. this year it's been like nah it's not gonna happen but, um but I, again i think it's important going against division opponents to become familiar with them become familiar with those coaches and the players by the way the most passing attempts for justin fields this year 28 against miami thanks studs on the other side of the partition always listening mm-hmm. to what we're saying here on the parkinson isn't that Spiegel his job show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Appreciate it. Does doing his. Hey, you're welcome, job. guys. Thank you. Do your. I'm job. actually doing two jobs. Two oh. jobs. Tanny all and right. Shane. Yeah. Oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. Is it? Was that a grenade? <laughs> are we? Are we supposed to throw a pity party here? No. <laughs> no. I'm just we're, we're just making sure we're Accuracy. all we're all See, aware. We saw Ray Diaz still sitting there for a little while, but he was actually just in the way. He wasn't actually participating. <laughs> no need to pat yourself on the back. in the production of this show. So now that Ray's out of the way, now it's more easy to be able to tell Studs just holding down solo there on the other side of glass. <laughs> Zach Zaidman, exactly. Anthony Heron, Patrick Manley here on the Parkinson Spiegel Show three one two six four four sixty seven sixty seven. All right, before the break. I started asking you this question. You've had a little bit of time to think about it because you've been, unfortunately, a part of mm-hmm. a few rebuilds during your time with the Bears. If you're looking for the fastest way to construct a good football team around Justin Fields and take advantage of 
what he's got in his rookie contract, how are you going about building this team this offseason? I'm trading down and get as many as picks as I can. That's the first thing. Um, you know, we saw it with our rebuild. Okay, we had Erlacher in the first rounder, right? But he was in the middle of the first round. But you say Tillman, Briggs, uh, Olin Cruz really wasn't part of the rebuild, but he's a third rounder. You can find those generational talents later in the draft. And I think right now with as many holes as this team has, grab as many as you can. Have as many opportunities out there to come in and, and be a 10-year vet, be a pro bowler, be whatever to fill those, those roster spots. So I'm trading down. And I, I told you on the break, to be honest with you, I haven't watched enough tape of Will Anderson and Jalen Carter to really give my breakdown on them. Mm-hmm. But with what I know now, I'm still trading down just because you need to fill too many roster spots. And I, I 100% agree with everything that Patrick said there. And I think to the – I'll even specify it to a position that maybe the Bears would should be, would be prioritizing, even after they hopefully, if they end up with the top two pick and they trade down and get a bunch of other picks for them, what position should they prioritize? It, it feels to me like say you trade down from one to two or one to three and you have a chance at Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. I mean, both when you take out the stud finder and you're just <laughs> trying to see when, you know, where, where, where that guy is located at both really suit, suit that they, they feel they fit, they fit that bill. Jalen Carter, for anybody who's going to be watching the college football playoff tomorrow, Georgia against a, a Michigan – or actually it'll be initially against the Ohio State offensive line. We saw him last year against the Michigan offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award last year. They won it again. This year is the best offensive line in football. Jalen Carter is the, the quintessential three-technique defensive lineman, massive enough to hit blocks and, and eat up space against the run, but so – quick twitch in space can get skinny and just force the issue on the opposing backfield. And so you, you know, when you, if you're going to be in the top three and getting Justin Fields, a playmaker, that'll be awesome at receiver. I don't think you need to do that in the top three, but to be able to come up with stops is one of the things that I found, you know, I was disappointed in, in moving on from Roquan because that's a young player that you can build around at a premium position and feel like, all right, at least we're good there. But they, they didn't come to contract terms. They didn't come to terms. But now that's another hole you have to fill. And coming up with stops is is huge to be able to stay in ball games, whether you have playmakers around fields or not. So, yeah, I think defensive line is where they it feels like they're likely to go. I would agree with that, too, with, with everything I just said about trading down. But if that is the guy, that three-technique position, Eberflus talked about it. I've seen it with Lovey's defense. We saw it with Warren Sapp down there in Tampa. That's a game changer. That's a game plan wrecker. Mm-hmm. And that, if he is that good and can be that spot for the three-technique for the Bears, then then maybe you grab him. But I would trade down. Like but even I, if I they're one, maybe just take him at one just to know you get your yes, guy? Yeah. I mean, that's – you look at the – you know. well, yeah, I, I would, yes. Yeah. Like, I don't know what his testing numbers are going right. to be, but his film is certainly worthy. Yeah, the stuff I've seen overall. is unbelievable, yes. Yeah. You need 10 to 12 what they call blue-chip mm-hmm. players in order to put yourself in a position where you're competing for division titles, playoffs, sustained success, championships, all that do kind. they even have right well, now, Well, that's what man. I was going to ask you guys. <laughs> One. <laughs> Fields? Fields. So you yeah. can Risker, sit. maybe. I'm talking about who can grow into that. Talking about guys... When you say blue chip, you're talking about someone who's so good, he multiplies how good the rest of the sure. team is. See, I'm 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 willing to say that about Justin Fields, even though he's still he's an unfinished you know product at the moment. He he should, and I think all all of us believe he will continue to get better. But at the moment, like Justin Fields today, may not be the guy who can win you a Super Bowl today, but he's a guy week in week out. Opponents fear game planning yeah, for Justin Fields, so that's where. 
Is there anyone else on the roster right now that opponents fear game planning for where he he's a game plan shifter, a game plan determiner? That That's your quarterback. And even early in the season when he wasn't playing that well yet, he's legitimately playing well now. Early in the year when he wasn't, he was still dictating sure. game plans. Now he's dictating game plans, and he's really figuring out what he's doing. Too. Yeah, he's figuring out plan, the position. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, say, I would say Eddie Jackson earlier in the year before yeah. he was hurt. Yeah, he was a game plan changer. Right. You know, when you get your game plan, there's five or six guys on each side of the ball, special teams, two or three. That all right, you got to watch out for this guy. He can change the game this way. We have to change defensive calls because of this. We have to change offensive calls or blocking scheme because of him. Mm-hmm. And I think Eddie Jackson would have been one of those guys that you know, I the offensive staff would be like, all right, we have to watch out for him. You know, I guess we can throw back. Jalen Johnson in that mix where even Aaron Rodgers was avoiding yes. him in stretches yep. of the season. There's been what one game really this right. year where someone's been willing to attack. Jalen Johnson, and, and actually, that I'm not even sure I've talked to you about this on pregame yet, but I, I worry a little bit to sort of derail the discussion a little Go bit. I, I worry a little bit if Jalen Johnson is going to end up in a Roquan-type yeah. situation here yeah. where he's obviously shown himself amongst the best in the business mm-hmm. at his position. With no pass rush. With no pass rush, exactly. That's But there won't be statistics right. that display it. And so when negotiating time is upon us here, if he says, like, I know I'm one of the best corners in football and the salary cap is going to be increasing, I should be resetting the market right now. Like, who knows what Jalen Johnson right. and his reps are right. going to ask for, but if that's how he feels, he's going to say, there's film that shows I'm worth that. And the Bears, Ryan Pohl, so far, at least in the Roquan example, they countered with, yeah, but your, your stats don't show that. Right. We, we, we want to see Not you put up numbers. Jalen Johnson, yes. Right, yes. yeah, one yeah. career interception. Yeah. So I, I worry a little bit that he ends up in a Roquan. Now, it's a more premier position, so maybe the Bears are more willing to that's buzz was, than they that's were. That's what I was going to say. Maybe it's because he's a cornerback. Maybe they won't. Mm. To me, I think it's tougher to get a cornerback, right, than it is yeah. to get a weak side linebacker, middle linebacker. To get a cornerback of that caliber, Yes, no exactly. Doubt. So yeah. I think when you got something like that, you can't let him go. And then, like I said, there's no pass rush. What, what, how much better would he be with a Will Anderson? Jalen right. Carter, two right. two guys back there, you know, right. that can get after the passer. It's not just the fact that they they don't sack the court; they don't touch the quarterback <laughs> no. in many of these games. I mean, it really is. It's unbelievable. The distance from me to you right now, Zach, is usually where the Bears' pass right? rush is from uh, the opposing which, QB, and and that is not it's good. detrimental yes. to pass yeah. coverage. That is why they've lost eight in a row. I mean, that sure. that's a huge reason why. Because if the defense was halfway decent, they would not have gone winless during that stretch where Fields was right. unbelievable, sure. right? They were scoring 30 points a game for a couple weeks in a row. Like, the last couple weeks, only yeah. 19 points a game. But you're scoring 30 points. You, sh- you that should win should the game. Be, yeah, yes. that, that's, that's the school. So when, when people say, and I'm one of these guys, mm-hmm. that I don't think that style is sustainable because mm-hmm. I do think ultimately the hits come. But there are many people in the NFL who will say, you give me 30 points a game, <laughs> I don't care how you do it, I'm winning a lot of football games. That's what's been so frustrating about this season is that they they stripped the whole thing down so they couldn't capitalize on what they were doing, that special run. I'm glad we have time to talk about the Ryan Poles aspects of that too because I think that there's nuance to that like we kind of referenced off air. I'm curious if, let's say that the Bears were playing a little better defense and they had a few more wins, but Justin Fields' performance was exactly the same as it is right now. Would you feel a little more, I don't know, all in? Like, I, I don't know, I don't put words in your mouth that you don't, don't think feels going to be good or whatever, but would you feel more certain about Justin Fields if there were more wins associated with his performance this year? I do think there is value. And you said this earlier that all you care about at this point because of the lack of weapons around him is the ball going to the right spot late in games when you're trying to win them. Because ultimately, how do you judge the best quarterbacks? Big moments in the fourth quarter when you need to score touchdowns. These games in the NFL are so close for the most part. Yeah. 
you need a quarterback who makes the big play, the big moment yes. when everyone knows where the ball's going. Yeah, and, and I would I would I would feel better if those fourth down drives were scores that won a game. Mm-hmm. And that was like you said earlier, it wasn't because of him. That's some some of the drop balls. I would feel a lot better about his development. Because then I know he can do it. We haven't seen him do it yet. I believe he can do it, but then we'd have proof there that he could do it. Right. I think and there's a lot means. of faith. Yes. But that's not enough. Helpful, I want right? to see it done. Like, I want to see something I, tangible where it's a, a right. real win where him and the these games are all one score games, right? They're all come down to field goal or touchdown in the fourth quarter, most of them. And I want to see him convert those. And unfortunately he had some guys drop some balls or not get across the goal line. But you know, that would make me feel a lot more comfortable about his development for sure. Right. And that's not building co- like I, I know it's not about changing culture when mm-hmm. I talk. That's about creating winning habits, mm-hmm. right? I mean, ultimately. Too. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap things up. Boy, so much to talk about with Patrick Manley next. Zach Zaidman, Anthony Heron in for Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Critics call it Empire meets Nashville meets Succession. Afternoons on the score. Your defensive line, uh, just pressure in general, but the defensive line does not been as, as probably as productive as you like you're going up against a pretty good offensive line how much of a test do you are you looking at this i'm I'm not just a one game but i mean is this defining will this be defining at all will this tell you something you know i think whenever you you play a quality opponent you know like the eagles or you know the bills or the lions off you know offensive line the last three lines we've played have been are going to be really you know obviously really good so it's important to play with good fundamentals and technique um, against those uh, good players, and some of them are elite. There's there's been elite offensive linemen that we've played against recently, so uh, you get a pretty good evaluation. That's going to take place the next two games. Matt Eberflus, the coach of the Bears, talking about going into a playoff-like atmosphere this weekend against Detroit, and then next week a team in Minnesota that's playing for a lot in terms of uh, playoff positioning. Here at Soldier Field, Zach Zaidman, Anthony Heron in for Parkinson Spiegel. We've got Patrick Manley to close out the hour here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Can I ask you some big picture NFL stuff? Yeah. Because I I thought about this uh, on the drive to work today, and the Miami Dolphins didn't know that Tua had suffered a concussion until way after the game. But then you start hearing from players in the locker room and they're saying, well, we could tell something was off in the huddle. Yeah. You're watching the, the film, and that's off. Have you experienced that? I have. Um, out in Seattle's a preseason game. This is me personally. I'll give you my experience. That I, that I think what should happen is players should report other players. I think it's gotten to that point. I think the concussion culture is past the point of trying to be tough and play through it. You need to really look out for each other. So we're out in Seattle in a preseason game. I'm covering a kick. I get blindsided, and I didn't think I was concussed, but I was off. I was a little, you know, just didn't feel right, and I was talking to Olin Krutz on the sideline. He's looking at me, and he's like, you don't look right. You're not You're not right. He basically grabbed me and walked me over to Chris Hanks, the assistant trainer, and said, something's wrong with him. You need to check him out. So he reported me to the trainer to see the doctor, and they said, no, you're done. You're, you, you've got a concussion. And I think more of that needs to happen. I really do. I think you know when a guy's off. Yeah. You know, back in the day, be like, oh, come on, he's going to be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll, he's got all week to get through it. We just we need him to play. But now what we know with concussions and what can happen years down the road and all that kind of stuff, I think it's important for players to self-report other players. And I think especially in the situation that, that the Dolphins are in with Tua right now because it, it's it's pretty plainly obvious at this point. It's admirable. It is. You, you want a player who's willing to battle yes. through things. And everything about every step of Tua Tagovailoa's Football journey 
has shown that he's willing to battle through whatever he possibly can to be on the field and compete at a high level. But he is sort of the the poster boy at this at this moment for the type of athlete, the type of competitor that you need to save from himself. Yes. Because That's he a great continues way to, put it. to try and put himself back out there in harm's way and concussions both, perhaps we've all, I don't know, certainly you know, had concussions, mm-hmm. dealt with that. It's not always easy to tell. Right. It's one thing if I'm seeing stars for a moment, or if my quote unquote bell is a little bit rung, mm-hmm. and your body is so consistently in football on the brink of perhaps just like a major shutdown. It's hard to tell. You you might have been vomiting a moment before. Mm-hmm. You might have had a full body cramp the week before. You might have had a, a migraine headache, but does that mean you automatically had a concussion? And that's why the the systems that are in place in the NFL at this point are geared towards trying to make sure players are in a position where they individually are not being tasked with making that call. We've seen games this season where there's been, what was it, it was a game a few weeks ago where multiple Bears were, were pulled out of the yes. game by the folks right. uh, you know, yes. buzzing down from yep. up top trying to be on the safe side. And some of them were like in critical moments or mm-hmm. stalling drives, but then we saw where both Jaquan Briscoe and Kyler Gordon missed multiple games after that. So, it, you know, there's a there's a caution that goes with it, but you look at Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and that's a cautionary tale because the athlete, more often than not, isn't going to be the one to pull themselves out. Now, it's two documented concussions this season, and that doesn't include the initial one where they the called it a injury? shoulder, whatever. Yeah, whatever yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, so yeah. three concussions mm-hmm. in one year, mm-hmm. and I heard Dr. Sills, the, the NFL doctor, on NFL Network say that, you know, they're going to talk to the medical experts and they'll sit down with Tua to help the player make a decision. Shouldn't that decision be taken away from you, the player? Hmm. How do you think? I that's know it's a, a tough delicate one, man, one. because it's, it's your livelihood, it's your life, it's it's your choice. Um, that's a tough one. I just think to me as a player, I'd want to gather as much information as I can right. and go in at 50-50 or 60-40. I get to ultimately make the decision. It's my decision my body, my life, whatever, I don't think it should be taken away completely from Tua to make that decision. That's just my opinion because you, we know when we signed up to play football as a youth, any sport, anything you do, there's, there's a risk of something, um, and, and you, you know that's going to be there. But just surround yourself with people that can help you make your right decision. Informed decision, yes. mm-hmm. right? And that, that's the thing that, they have, that so many players at the NFLPA have been so upset about for so many years when – when it came out that the NFL was essentially hiding information, hiding some of the findings about the neurological trauma that, that came about from concussives mm-hmm. and concussions and sub-concussive hits and all these things are related to CTE that can develop later on. But players are more informed now. The league is more informed now. The league is more cautious now because of lawsuits that have been associated with it. So at least give two of the information he my guess will be likely if they say you are medically cleared, he is going to go sprinting go back yes, towards the is. field. Yes, he is. But at least he would be making an informed choice. And, I mean, even just the the competitive aspect of this individual season is one thing where the Dolphins are on the cusp of the playoffs and and things like that. But even beyond that, just, you know, this could be – he he was playing at an MVP level for a little while. I mean, you know, two is looking at a – whatever, nine, ten-figure contract yep. coming up here, that that potential is there and all the guaranteed money that can be life-changing for he, for his family, for the, the workouts that he, as a kid, back in Hawaii, just working out with him and his dad, doing all the lonely work to be in the position that his performance has been able to put his entire family in 
right now. And, you know, doesn't mean Tua's not going to get paid if he doesn't play another snap this season. But that, I would imagine, is a part of the, the desire that would be to prove he is a true franchise QB who's worthy of being amongst the highest paid in the business. I remember I, I had a conversation with Chris Conti. He was uh, a, a safety for the Bears, not a big star like Tua. And I remember, and it floored me at the time when he said it, that he was willing to sacrifice years of his life on the back end to play the game that he loved from the time that he was a little kid. Yeah, I, I, I think we all know that. I mean, I've got a new hip. That I'm 48 years old, got a new hip at 46 years old. I mean, but you know that something that I'm taking concussions out because to me that's a different thing, and we don't know everything yet. And I'm glad right. we're still learning and we're being smarter about it. But you know, when you get into this game, that it's gonna you're gonna have aches and pains the rest of your life, especially if you play as fortunate as long as I did, even long snapping. Like I, I ache all the time, but then you have to take care of yourself daily, keep moving, do stuff to eat right, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think you know that when you get in this game, that there's an opportunity that you're gonna hurt. You're gonna you're gonna have to go through some things through uh, in retirement. I waited till the end to ask you about this, Kevin Warren. You've heard the reports. Mm-hmm. What do you know? What do you think? I don't know enough about him, but I think I heard with a Hall's podcast they had a great question. How much is he making with the Big Ten? How much are the Bears willing to pay him? Would you leave a job for less money just to be the president of the Bears when you're also you know high up the highest up in the Big Ten? So that, that, to me, I think it's going to come down to money. But I don't know much about him. I think his, his football background of being with the Vikings and Lions and all that kind of stuff is great. And that's all I've known is just read about him. I don't know enough, and I'm sure you know more. And I want to pick your brain on, on Sunday about that. But uh, my thing is, what are they going to pay him? You would have to think more than he's making as right? the commissioner of the Big Ten. We talked about this earlier. And also, where's his heart if the money's right. the same? That's what I'm – yeah. You know? And then you might take less money if your heart is back in the NFL and you have the awesome opportunity to run the Bears franchise. Yeah, and I wonder what that balance is. Like you said, we were touching on it earlier, and I know we're, we're going to be heavy for a break here in a moment, but that the, the where's your heart aspect of it I think is key because quality of life yes. for me in, in evaluating different career opportunities is, 100%. is huge. Yes. And yeah. for Kevin Warren, I mean, you know, he's, the, the world is kind of his oyster right now for what he's been doing, deals he's put in place for the Big Ten. I mean – one of the most powerful men in sports right now in the job he has at the moment, he wouldn't necessarily be that anymore as the president of the Bears, mm-hmm. but you got a lot less different headaches to concern yourself with where you don't have academics to worry sure. about. Sure. You don't have name, image, and likeness to worry yep. about. You, your players can get paid. Whatever the salary cap says, they can get paid. You don't have to worry about any of that. The transfer portal, nothing. All those different college sports mm-hmm. problems and Olympic sports and revenue sports and non-rev sports, everything else. None of that matters if you take the Bears gig. Yeah, no, that's true. And it's, it's, you're right. It's where your heart is. I mean, that's, 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 that's a great call because if I, the money's the same – well, what I was going to say real quick is he's already accomplished a boatload of stuff with the Big Ten. Does he feel like he's done there? Like, hey, let's go try something new. Yeah. He might be one of those people. Yeah, I don't think you can accomplish anything more than no, the Big exactly, Ten after what exactly, he's done. He's exactly. made it a coast-to-coast league, yep. got the big uh, record TV contracts. Mm-hmm. I know what's next for you, though. Sunday, yes. on the score – what do you got planned? Uh, we're just going to talk some ball. Me and Anthony and Molly are back together. Molly's back with us. The band's we're back gonna, together. We're going to figure out a way the Bears are going to beat the Lions. <laughs> there we go. I like it. <laughs> Patrick Manley, thank you so much. We'll be listening Sunday. It's great being here. Anthony Heron is here. I'm Zach Zaidman. We're in for Parkinson Spiegel. More football talk coming up when we come back. Plus, we'll hear from the radio voice of the Vikings, Paul oh, Allen, yeah. next hour. He knows Kevin Warren very well. That's next on The Score. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.